welcome to the We Talk Health podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashagrow, and today I'm with Rachel Ryan and Mary Beth Dunnigan. Both of them are involved with the Butterflies Embrace program. Today we're going to be talking about the goals for 2021 for the Butterflies Embrace program. How are y'all today? We're good. Well, thanks. Good. Thanks for coming in. First podcast in the new studio, which I'm super excited about. It's pretty cool. So welcome so to neat. like the setting, <laughs> awesome. the low lighting. It's a vibe, as yeah. they say. So yeah, I mentioned we're going to be talking about the goals for 2021. What exactly would those be? Our goals for 2021 as a bereavement team are developing a perinatal mental health program in our neonatal ICU. Okay. So we are going to be following up with every mom that comes in on admission with their baby and just spending some time with them while their baby's in the NICU, giving them resources that talk about postpartum depression. Our new renovated neonatal ICU has private rooms. Great. So it's a really pretty neat new space for our families. So that's good. But Mm -hmm. with private rooms comes isolation and the moms feeling like they're alone. Right. So we just want to be that resource to them that when they're here visiting their baby and they just need somebody to talk to, they can mm-hmm. they can give us a call. So we're starting that program this year. Also looking at doing some take-home kits in the clinics. Miscarriage kits. Mm-hmm. Last year when we did a podcast overview of our team, we, we talked briefly about miscarriage kits. Mm-hmm. So those are something that we're going to implement this year for sure. Okay. Give me an idea of what's going to be in the miscarriage kits. A lot of times if you do not make it to week 16 of your pregnancy, your OBGYN will just have you deliver your baby at home. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of an unexpected, you can't put a timeline on it. So if you have started to miscarry and you go see your OB, they will give you this miscarriage kit so that you can do that at home and then you would take your baby into the clinic. Um, So in a miscarriage kit, it includes like um, a strainer, a specimen cup for you to put the baby in and a a can of saline for the baby to stay in. So all of those things will be included in the miscarriage kit with resources from Leanne, who's our bereavement coordinator, and myself. Mm -hmm. And so reaching out to our OB clinics in the area is a huge thing. Another goal that we have for our team this year is to do education, like far and wide. (laughs) We have not got to train staff at our affiliate hospitals Mm -hmm. since we acquired them a few years ago. So we are going to be training staff at Martin and Dyersburg. Uh, That's amazing. Yes, to take care of their bereavement patients. Right now, if they have a bereavement patient come and deliver at their hospital, they will call us. Mm -hmm. And depending on the situation, at this time, we have to go to those hospitals, but this will equip their staff to be able to care for them, and we will continue the follow-up. But yeah. 
now the staff that are at those hospitals are they going to be considered part of the butterflies embrace program with you guys or are they their own separate they quote unquote entity um, certified bereavement counselors through resolve through sharing which is the program that we follow okay. um, in our hospital yeah. so that's who all of our staff are certified we actually have 280 staff members mm-hmm. at jackson general that are certified bereavement counselors. Those include staff in women's and children's, um, staff in the ED. We unfortunately had a pretty busy year mm-hmm. last year in 2020. We added close to 130 patients to our bereavement load. Mm-hmm. So that number doesn't sound that big, but when you put it in a grand scheme of things, that's 130 families that were impacted by loss right so we are following up with them in our 13-month program and making sure that they have the care that they need Mm -hmm. so that is um, another goal is just equipping the community and um, other staff members in our organization that can help us take care of those families I've been talking this week to instructors at Union and Jackson State Mm -hmm. Freed Hardeman and Lambeth for us to get our feet in the door with them and training their nursing students. That's amazing. Um, so perinatal bereavement and perinatal loss is not something they talk about in nursing school. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just looked over because it's almost like bad voodoo. You don't right. really talk about it. And that's realistically, that's a huge part of yeah. healthcare. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking, we were actually talking about it yesterday, how, you know, the goal of physicians and nurses is to s- save the life. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, that is what we want. It's not always the outcome. And so if they are not ready to handle death and bereavement processes, then, you know, we're doing an injustice to these patients that are coming in. Of course. That's, we have pretty big goals. We like to dream big. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> we'll make sure they get done. Rachel is also going to write a book in 2021. Here <laughs> we go. Yeah. Yes, that was a joke, but... Um, Not anymore. It's yeah, recorded. No. It's Who knows? I might. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I personally am... I have. I do have a few goals myself for the kid aspect, uh, yeah. the siblings that are involved in these families. And so I want to provide some monthly tips to families. I think a lot of times while they're in the hospital or as they're going through the early stages of grief, mm-hmm. um, you know... If I have the opportunity to speak with them while they're here, I'm giving them resources and we're talking about their kids, but I also have to remember that they're pretty clouded. Mom and dad are pretty clouded while they're here um, because everything has happened so fast and maybe, you know, it was an unexpected loss. And so I have to remember too that they may not hear everything that I'm saying. Right. And while there's some things that I say that might be really good, there may not be everything they want to hear, but it's just an opportunity to kind of follow up on, hey, um, maybe your kid's struggling with this this month. Let's talk about some tips to help. Amazing. And I think, and you know, while it's centered around grief, really ultimately it's centered around just development of of a child. And so, um, so we'll kind of break down some stuff like that in our monthly newsletter that we mail out to these families. That's our goals for 2021. That's great. That's awesome. Rachel, you, you mentioned uh, your goals is to work with the kids. You already do, obviously, but you're going to work with them more and to help them out. So Sam's sibling bag, is that is that still a thing? Is yes, it-, it is. We have a good bit of money that we have in our – it's a part of Heaven's Cradle. Okay. 
kind of like a sub fund of Heaven's Cradle. So we actually have been recently talking about um, our event that we do to raise money for Sam Sibling Bags mm-hmm. every year with COVID and all of that. We still aren't for sure right. if we can have a, a formal event. What is the typical fundraiser that happens annually for Sam Sibling Bags? The Gathering is a casual cocktail. So it's not a huge event. It's just Mm -hmm. a small, formal. We recognize one of our OBs or one of our palliative care doctors that Mm -hmm. have helped us. Dr. Wheatley was recognized at our last event. Dr. Chris Welsh is going to be a physician that's recognized at this event. Um, So we had to postpone it twice last year. So he's still waiting on his little trophy. Yeah. we're going to uh, be able to present that to him finally. And I don't know what that looks like yet. We definitely right. need to raise money, mm-hmm. <laughs> some more money um, to keep the cart stocked. And there's two different sections of it now. I think the last time that we came and talked a little bit about Sam's sibling bags, we had not added the preteen section on the cart. Mm-hmm. So there's still things that we would like to add to it and stuff like that. So sure. being able to do that, of course, costs money. And right, of course. We need to continue to raise money for that and hopefully COVID will kind of calm down obviously there's no guarantee with that that's the hope hopefully those events can happen Um, so give me an idea of what is in the Sam sibling bags they get a bag there are resources is this like a like a plastic bag or is it like a backpack kind of like a canvas tote for the kids it's a backpack Mm -hmm. it has I mean it's like a a canvas backpack a Mm -hmm. drawstring backpack gotcha okay and there's actually something in the bag for the parents about talking to your children about grief. There are books, um, Dr. Seuss books. There's a book for the teen, the preteens as well. Rachel did actually create <laughs> our two record books that we put it in there. Um, so they have prompts on those pages. There's one for the younger kids, one for the older kids. Gotcha. There's one, the one that always sticks out in my mind is the one that has donuts all over the page mm-hmm. and they have to poke a hole in all the donut in the center of all the donuts. And so ways that they can handle their grief, but in right. an appropriate way. Right. So Rachel actually created those for, for us and for the children on pediatrics that they've used before. So... And I think these, like, bags, originally when, when the, Mary Beth and Matt came up with the idea of how they could contribute and use these bags, it was for distraction for the kids while they're in the hospital with their moms and dads. Right. And, and so, you know, given the new guidelines with COVID, um, there's not those type of opportunities anymore for the kids to come up and stay. And so I think parents have been really thankful to have something to take home sure. to their kids at home because they're not going to leave here with their baby. Right. And that's really hard. And so like to have something tangible that they can hold on to and give to their kids at home, mm-hmm. you know, as a, um, as a gift, but also there's some things in there that they can use to help their kids cope with, right. with the loss of their, uh, their siblings. So right. I think it's in a roundabout way, it's kind of come a full circle in a way, it's yeah. the different ways that we use it now as to how we envisioned it, but uh-huh. it still has a meaningful purpose. Right. That's amazing. Listeners, if you guys are interested in learning more about the Butterflies Embrace program and what they do, if you'll check out episode 30 of the We Talk Health podcast, uh, you can learn more about that there. So we are, one exciting opportunity is we are actually going to be educating some healthcare workers at a hospital, local hospital in Jamaica. What? 
on bereavement care. Yes. That's amazing. That's happening at the end of the month. I guess it's going to have to be a Zoom right now, (laughs) but we're hoping a good follow-up will happen for an in-person visit. That's amazing. So Mm -hmm. are the the nurses there going to be receiving the same kind of education as the nurses here? Yes. So Resolve Through Sharing is part of Gunderson Health Systems. And they're the ones who we purchase our teaching manuals, mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. our learner manuals, all that stuff. They're the really the core of what we follow. Yeah. Um, they are very intelligent people that write that material. Mm-hmm. Palliative care physicians and nurses and social workers, child life specialists, everybody that we have on our team, the the four of us that make up our team are people who've written this material. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, they will be trained off of the same material. They will go through the same two-day class. Wow, that's awesome. So they'll come out as certified bereavement counselors in Jamaica. That's Jamaica. Yeah, how, did, how did Jamaica come about? So Dina Kale, <laughs> our executive director, she has connections with some people in Jamaica. Okay. And so, you know, of course, we like to brag about things that are successful yeah, here of course. in Jackson, mm-hmm. Tennessee. And so she is talked with some of them about our bereavement care program. Yeah. And so they saw a need, you know, obviously it's not just limited to what we know here. Right. And so um, they saw a need there and they said, tell us more about it. So that's they're amazing. looking for ways to improve their care too. Yeah. We're going international, y'all. That's right. We are going that's international. Awesome. <laughs> we also are working with our PR department here on getting our logo mm-hmm. copyrighted. Wow. Okay. So our, our name and our logo, because... I'm about now to write that, a book. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's about to write a book. We're going international. Yeah. Like, uh, we're a big deal. That's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so this year, well, we actually had a bereaved mother that was very educated in Enneagram. Oh, okay. And so she reached out to Mary Beth and said, you know, this might be a unique way to help your team understand one another. And while we... You know, we are really, we are a close-knit team, and Mm -hmm. I feel like we do work well together. We're always looking for ways to improve. And so the Enneagram was an opportunity for us to understand who we were and how we work in relationship with one another. And so we used that this year. We did our test, and Mm -hmm. then we kind of broke it down, and um, it was really neat. I mean, I think think we knew kind of, you know, knew what to expect from our numbers and and what that means. And But it was was great to not only do that, but to see how everybody else scored. Right. Because that was the whole point. You know, don't get wrapped up in too much into who you are and how you work the best. But like me understanding how Mary Beth works and the fact that I go to her number when I'm in health and she goes to mine when I, when she's in stress, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, we it's actually neat. All connected somehow. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. neat how we all kind of, yeah, all kind of contribute to each other in different ways. So yeah. um, we use that kind of as, as a team building. Yeah. That um, just helps build yeah. the team. Yeah. We do, we do quarterly meetings to kind of stay on track with one another yeah. and, that's awesome. Catch up. So we did that this year. Mm-hmm. We also have added it to our bereavement class. Mm-hmm. So when we're, really? we're training our nurses, um, we have them take the test as like a pre-course before they come to class. Mm-hmm. And so they have to tell us their number. And we go over everybody's numbers and relate it to how they can actually give effective patient care, knowing how they are. And right. Working with each other, working with each other is important with bereavement. Having a team and knowing that you support each other because, you know, 
with with death, as even our hospital knows, just with COVID, it, it eventually will take a toll right. on you whenever sure. you deal with it. And so you have to have people that support you and can um, pick you up and, right. you know. So it's important for us to, to know those things about each other. And yeah, absolutely. understand ourselves better. So it's a self-assessment. It's a self-assessment. It's just to help us and to help our nurses know who they are. So how do you emphasize the Enneagram into patient care? Uh, well, knowing our numbers, I'm an eight, Rachel's a five, Leanne's a two, Scott's a nine. Just thinking about our four numbers, Scott is, with his number, he's very easy to listen. Mm-hmm. So he can go in and pretty much like put himself in that person's shoes and understand where they are. Me as an eight, I know that to be a healthy eight, I have to keep up my wall of trust between myself and the patient. Gotcha. Leanne is a two. She's the helper. So she's going to make sure that they're taken care of Mm -hmm. in every need, in every aspect. And while the rest of us do those same things, Mm -hmm. we all just do them a little bit differently and all end with the same result. As a five, I would say like it, that person's known as an investigator. And Mm -hmm. so I find myself a lot of times asking a lot of questions about the kids at home to the parents because that's the best way for me to learn who that kid is because every kid is different. Right. And so I feel like a lot of times I'm looking for like ways I can equip people with resources. And so while like education material and stuff like that can be overwhelming, um, I also like ask a lot of questions. So I'm talking them through it and not just handing them materials I see. and so so that's what kind of an investigator does and Rachel Rachel will sit down with the parents and make sure they understand you know not every conversation is going to go perfect and when we can present it to them word for word what they need to say or what they should say to their kids at home about them losing a baby brother or sister it's okay that it doesn't go the same way we right, kind of rehearse it with them while they're yeah. here at the hospital. Right? Yeah, like I've gone as far as even written down a sentence for a parent before because she was just so worried about how she was going to tell th- her son that their baby had died. Right. So I just gave her a sentence to have a starting point, mm-hmm. and then we kind of go through questions to consider that will help continue to guide that conversation. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that's kind of what... I do as far as using my Enneagram in relationships. And and we, we've we always done this, but now we have an understanding as to why we work the way we work and right. how, and I understand how Mary Beth works. And so I'm not going to get upset if she comes in and says, hey, we're going to do this and this and this. I'm like, okay, great. That's wonderful. Right. You know, because she's put some thought into it. And so I understand that's what she does. Yeah. I do think I mean, it, it has, it really has helped us as a team we say it jokingly, oh, like, oh, you're a two. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we, we can't do it your way because you, we're a two. But it has given us a better understanding of each other. Sometimes we like to always call Scott the pushover, but we know that it's only because he's a nine. Right. And he can't help it. And he can't help it. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I think it's really cool to me that the Enneagram kind of became popular, I guess, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Like, it really was something that kind of, in a way, blew up. Like, you can't talk to anybody now without knowing the number number or at least coming up in conversation. So the fact that the Enneagram, you guys are using that to provide better health care for your patients, I think is incredible. If somebody in the community needed to be referred to you guys, 
uh, how would they go about doing that? Right now, we are looking for a better way. But right now, I'm sure you'll put our contact information. I will. It'll okay. be in the description of in the podcast. In the description. Our contact information will be in the description for Leanne, myself, Rachel. You can reach out to any of us. Um, our email addresses are probably the best way to reach us. Okay. Um, just because a lot of us aren't in our offices all the time. Right. So if you want to just email us, then we can reach out to that family member. Um, It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be somebody you go to church with. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's had a loss at any gestation. We even will reach out to families who've had SIDS deaths. Any family, any bereaved parents that Mm -hmm. you know may be struggling. And also, I think another important thing is that it doesn't have to have happened like just a couple weeks ago. I was going to ask, is that something someone can use if their child died four or five years ago? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it doesn't have to be just if the loss was recently. What we have found actually is a lot of families who lost a child four plus years ago there was nothing like this at the hospital. Right. So they never received bereavement services. Sometimes they're the ones who are struggling the most, especially when they haven't ever learned how to cope or deal with their loss. So it could be anybody. That's just something we need to know. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So we can, everybody's care is pretty individualized when Mm -hmm. it comes to bereavement care. And we have a group page called Butterflies Embrace on uh, Facebook. And so that's also there and could be helpful to for people just to connect with and know of different events and support groups that are going on. While they may not want like a 13-month follow-up care kind of program, they just may want to know, hey, here's a community of people that can support. Right. And they're there when I need it. Well, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you guys for coming in. Like I said, if you have any questions, uh, Mary Beth and Rachel's contact information will be under their names in the description of the podcast, and you can find that there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of We Talk Health.